0: Welcome to Hannah's Heart.
1: So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the
0: Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her.
1: So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, hey. Why
0: are you drunk at the temple? (laughs) Because it can become an obsession when you want a child so deeply. Desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Ann and I'm Kendra and you are listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. We are so glad to have you join our um hannah's heart family (laughs) Um, we'd love for you to follow us on facebook youtube instagram or the podcast page on afr we are forming an awesome community to just encourage each other Um, if this is your first time listening to the show we talk about um struggling with infertility and miscarriage and adoption and any way that god is helping you to build your family so come be a part of the journey with us and let us encourage one another So,
1: today, Kendra, we have a very special guest on to talk about all things hormone-related and how those hormones can affect our bodies while trying to conceive. Uh, (laughs)
0: Dun-dun-dun.
1: Dr. Heather Rhodes is with us today, and she's here to share some wisdom um, in this field and um, some about her story. And So, Dr. Rhodes, Heather, it's good to have you on. Hey, guys. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here. we're excited to have you. I can't wait to learn more. I feel like just us talking while we weren't being recorded, I was getting to learn a lot from you already. Um, Would you just mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about um, maybe your family and then how you got into this field?
2: Yeah, of course. So my name is Dr. Heather Rhodes. I am... I term a holistic pharmacist. <laughs> we chatted about that a little bit. Yeah. And so I went to pharmacy school very traditionally, um, did a residency in um, like chronic disease management, so things like diabetes and high blood pressure. And then after a couple more career, you know, moves and shifts, I decided that I wanted to help heal people from the root cause versus a medicinal standpoint. Mm. So I went back to school for natural medicine Um, and. Now that's what I do. I help people and women especially understand how their body works, how to work with it um, in the realm really closely, you know, honing in on things like hormone imbalances, PCOS, and fertility. We like to call it delayed fertility over here because we just Mm -hmm. believe that fertility is something everyone has um, in their, you know, capabilities. And so, um, yeah, I am in Florida with my husband, and I have two little boys. They are about to be
1: four and two. All right. Fun ages, huh? I
2: know. <laughs> are <laughs> oh, you my so goodness. busy? <laughs> <laughs> we are so busy. We are so busy.
0: Well, I love your approach, and I wish I had met you at the beginning of my journey, because doctors today often, not all, but can be very quick to... Um, jump to the most invasive, most expensive options when sometimes um, a holistic approach can can quickly solve something. And when we're dealing with this topic of hormones, um, or I'm excited for you to kind of break down the mystery for us mm-hmm. today because I know um, when I started some of my fertility treatment, they start you know, monitoring your hormones. And it's the first time for me as a woman that I ever knew the names of them or had any thought as to what they should be doing. And I, I remember I remember looking up some of these hormones and seeing charts of like this is what happens on a, a woman's normal, um, you know, monthly cycle. And this is what happens in pregnancy. And I remember the chart to me looked like a picture that needed to be printed and hung <laughs> like in a museum because there's just all of these That's squiggly so little lines going <laughs> everywhere. And it was beautiful. But it's like reflects part of God's perfect design for our body. So um, how do you how do you jump in on that? Um, explaining hormones to people and breaking that down?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. So I think the very first thing even, you know, that you even hit on for your own journey is we have to understand as women, like what does our body actually do? (laughs) And it's not that you have to understand like what each hormone is and each thing does, but the basics can be really simple. And I think that gets missed. And because going into all of the individual ones and checking levels and all of that can feel really complicated. We have a tendency, I think, is like culture, society, et cetera, to just kind of be like, yeah, that's confusing. I don't understand. So we stop it there. But just like with anything, you know, if you think about reading, learning how to read, you don't necessarily have to start by learning and memorizing every single word. You just have to know what the letters are and what they do, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same concept of understanding this is what my body does. This is why I have a period every month. This is how my body cycles. And I think the coolest thing about hormones that really gets missed a lot is that our body has a system in place to keep all of your hormones balanced perfectly Mm. at the right time throughout an entire month. What happens is that we live in, again, culture society that gets a little... It's just very... Um, If you aren't living extremely countercultural, it's really easy to not necessarily take this system into account so things can get disrupted and it can work a little funky very easily. And there's a good and bad part to that, right? The good part is, okay, well, if I learn the system, I can learn what changes, what little simple things I can do in my day-to-day that's going to help my body keep my hormones balanced. But the other side of that is oh, well, if I'm not intentionally aware of my hormones or this system or what's happening, then chances are you're inching your way closer to hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. Just because, again, like our standard kind of like way of living nowadays with standard American diet, with our food sourcing, with hustle culture, with screens and technology, they're just things that send different signals to our brain that can sometimes cause this system we have that keeps things balanced to get a little off balance. And it can be so easy to fix. I mean, think of a table that's off balance. Sometimes you literally just need to like tap one side of it Mm. to fix it. But when we don't know about it, when we don't know, hey, that's how you could fix the table, we could spend forever breaking the whole table apart and thinking we need to rebuild it. And that's what I see happen a lot of times, especially for women that like want answers and want solutions. And they're just not given those tools to be able to simply support the system and watch it rebalance itself.
0: Wow. So if a woman comes into your office and she says, my hormones are broken, I'm not ovulating, everything's off, where do you start with helping to try to diagnose and and figure that out?
2: Yeah. So the first thing I always ask is, like, what makes you feel like it's your hormones? And a lot of times we know. We can say, like, well, leading up to my period, this is happening, or I'm not getting a cycle at all, or I'm super, super ragey and it's only happening, you know, the day before my period starts. That's giving you those little clues. So the first thing I start with is just saying like, hey, what makes you think it's your hormones? And then let's kind of think about what is happening and when in your cycle is it happening? So it could literally be as simple as you saying like, you know, Heather, I really think my hormones are messed up because I've got this acne and my migraines, my periods are kind of weird. I would say, okay, perfect. Start tracking your cycle. So just know day one is your first day of flow. And then you're going to be looking for signs or symptoms of ovulation. I I can talk more on that. But I typically teach my clients how to look for that. And then, you know, you're going to wait until your cycle comes and you'll start again. After doing that for even one cycle, sometimes two or three, we start to see trends. So you may be thinking you just have migraines. But when you look at that, what you might actually see is that you don't have random sporadic migraines. You have a migraine the same three days of the month every single month. Mm. And it's just never been put together in that way. Same with acne. Um, You know, if somebody's not ovulating, it's a little bit of a different approach. But we always start with tracking, like, what is your body doing and what symptoms are you having and when? Um, So that can just be such an easy takeaway And then kind of the next piece of that is what I do with my clients is we just kind of start looking through your day-to-day and what I'm looking for. We talked about this earlier too, about like ovulation in general, really ovulating is something I believe absolutely every woman can do. Unless of course you've had a hysterectomy or you don't have any eggs. Like if you have a, you know, reason to not ovulate, but there's a lot of women out there that hormone levels look normal, egg, everything looks fine and their body just simply isn't ovulating, or it's ovulating like one, two, or five times a year, right? Mm. And we know this should be happening every month. And so I believe that it is possible to have that predictable ovulation every single month if your body has what it needs to do it. And the two things that it needs in a more broad sense is a signal from your brain to your ovaries, and there's a lot of ways, again, just with our normal culture, that can get disrupted. And so we kind of look to identify, hey, are any of the common things that cause that disruption happening for you, for this person? And then the other thing your body needs to ovulate every month is the nutrients to fuel hormone production. So if your body, let's say, isn't getting any fat sources or your body you cut carbs, that's a great one we see all the time, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, then your body's going to have trouble making the hormones it needs to make to carry out that ovulation each month. So we really kind of dive into one of those two places or sometimes even both and see where is it that your body just has got a disruption in this system and how do we support you out of it?
0: What are some of those most common disruptions that you see? Like what kind of changes are women making?
2: Yeah, so it definitely depends on the specific problem someone's having, but just kind of following through with our discussion on ovulation. Like if somebody isn't ovulating or – They are ovulating in a way that like they have really long cycles, like 30 day cycles, 60 day cycles, 100 day cycles, that type of thing. Um, And I probably should clarify here, too, that when I say ovulating, remember that that's different than a period coming. Mm -hmm. So sometimes. You know, your period can come what seems like kind of regularly, but we can still miss ovulation in there. But that's a really important thing, especially if you're thinking about fertility. And so anyone who's trying to conceive or even going through a journey with conception, utilizing interventions, you still want to know if you're ovulating. And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the first thing traditional doctors will do is just throw some ovulation meds on you to force ovulation. But that's not always going to be your best route either. Um, oh, so those medicines thinking, can okay,
0: make you what are crazy. Some- yeah. <laughs> other side effects. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they also, again, if you have a system in your body that keeps hormones balanced, it doesn't necessarily know how to keep things balanced when you start forcing one mm-hmm. side versus the other. Right. So like if you force your body to ovulate, then that can confuse the natural system your body has to keep things balanced. Mm-hmm. And so what happens then is that you're actually decreasing the natural fertility you may already have that just Mm. needs some support, right? And so we can see a lot of complications too. And then that's also where we see if you kind of mess up one hormone, all hormones are interconnected. That's why they feel confusing. And so if you mess up one, not mess up, but let's say you force um, one to increase or force a change in one, that will automatically change the other. And because you have to have both in perfect balance to not only conceive, but to also hold pregnancy, then we've got to add something else. So that's why something like birth control or even ovulation meds, we think, oh, we're just getting one pill. It's just going to do this one thing. But that's not actually true because most people that, you know, even end up on birth control to even fix their fertility, then they'll come back and say, well, I'm struggling with depression or I'm struggling with thyroid disease. So now we've got to add an antidepressant and then we add a thyroid medication. And same thing with you're utilizing ovulation meds. Well, then you're getting short um, luteal phases, which is how you have adequate progesterone. And that's our hormone that keeps your lining from shedding. So sometimes we see issues with recurrent miscarriages or early um, pregnancy loss because progesterone levels aren't adequate. And so remember, if you've kind of forced ovulation on one end of the equation, then you're going to have to give your body more progesterone because it doesn't know to make more progesterone because it didn't actually do the process to do it, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how it all is interlooped and interconnected. But some of the most common things I see that really drive um, some of these imbalances to happen, I'd say the first is just simply not knowing. I think that not understanding how to track ovulation, not really knowing if your body's ovulating, like that doesn't, I think sometimes we think like, oh, well, it's just too confusing or I can't, but that can actually change so much about what you then start doing. And so mm-hmm. knowing that I think is like the first place that I see things get disrupted a little bit because it can throw your timing off. Um, it can throw your supplements off. Like everything just kind of gets real wacky when you're trying to fix something, but you don't know what is actually happening, right? Um, another big thing that I see, especially in the fertility world is basically a body that's not being nourished. So what's happening is you're either overstressed or overexercising, or you have constant demands on your time or your brain signaling with phones and social media and email and work and, you know, all of those things. Um, And then that kind of paired with having not only the pressures of, especially as a female, to quote unquote be a healthy weight and how do we actually manage weight in a way that supports hormone balance and fertility because those are two very different things. Um, It's really easy to kind of inadvertently end up with this body that just doesn't have the nourishment it needs to function well. And I see that a lot. And even in the fertility world, we see it because if you're too, you know, if you don't have enough weight on you, you're too underweight, then people, you know, it's like, Oh, well you need to change your weight to improve your fertility. If you're overweight, they say, well, you need to change your weight improve your fertility and neither of those the weight's not the issue there. The issue is why is your body not an adequate weight and why Mm. is your body holding on to extra weight. Mm, When you go to those pieces, yeah, you can change the weight by fixing the root. But if the main concern is let's just have you drop a few pounds, then a great example of this is okay, well I'll diet, I'll cut carbs. Well I just told you guys that if you're cutting carbs, your body's missing what it needs to have to make hormones adequately. So yes, on one side, you may see a decrease in something like inflammation, which we know can improve fertility. But on the other side, you may now be depleting some of, you know, the things your body has to have to make adequate hormone levels. So you feel so frustrated, you did all of these things to lose weight, and it didn't fix your fertility, when actually there's a way you can lose weight that still improves fertility. And that's by going after that route of figuring out why is your body holding on to extra weight? Do you need to stabilize your blood sugar? Do you need to increase? Some of your nutrient density. Do you need to eat more consistently? Um, there's some really clear things that can happen there. That when you're in a five minute doctor's appointment, and they say lose ten pounds and go on keto. The ten pounds isn't. It's becoming a focus, but it's not the solution.
1: Hmm. Well, I've never thought about it that way. Because yeah, you hear so many people say, "I needed to lose weight. I needed to lose a certain weight." Um, at, when I first started going to my doctor, and yeah, I've never thought about the reason behind needing to lose the weight other than like, oh, I just need to weigh less. Um, so yeah. well, it's, it's yeah, no and sub- I think it's
2: because we have. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say we have studies that show us that um, essentially like, okay, well, if they decrease their weight by this percent, then fertility increases. Mm. But I think that's what gets confusing because it's like, is it truly the weight that changed it or was it that by eating less, they removed something that was inflammatory or Mm -hmm. by eating, you know, less carbs, did their blood sugar stabilize? Well, yeah, but that's only going to last for a certain amount of time. Um, So yeah, it definitely is just taking that either we want a quick fix approach or we want to really get to the bottom of
1: it. Yeah, that's it. So Heather, if I were to approach you wanting this help, like what, what does that look like? I think you refer to it as coaching what, a, what does that look like for me? Even I'm in Mississippi, yeah. you're in Florida. Like, can you still coach me?
2: Yeah. 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 So I, my practice is ran completely virtual. Um, oh, okay. And so everything I do is all through, you know, the world of online space. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so what we do is we kind of walk through just a quick understanding of tell me what's going on with you. What's your situation? Um, you know, what have you tried? What's your journey looked like? And really diving in and making sure that I can see that clear picture. And then I have a couple of different programs that I really help women kind of decide, like, hey, where's the best fit? So all the way from maybe you're someone that doesn't have your cycle back. And so I recommend, okay, here's what we'll do to get your cycle back. We'll work together one-on-one. We'll do, you know, these virtual calls. I'll create a plan for you. And then I always pair everything I do with education because, what you don't need is for me to tell you how to do something and you to not learn anything in the process. And so what I do instead is I found like all of our programs are built with education so that you're getting a teaching on how your body works. What does this hormone do? Why do you need it? What is this doing? what are the implications of things getting off balance? And then I pair it with action steps so that you can take the information You can apply it and put it into action. And then you have me alongside of you for support. So it's really called skill building. That's how you build the skill of learning to support your body and your hormones. And the reason we do it like that is because you might right now have the goal of getting pregnant. But I know if you get pregnant, you're going to want to know how to support your body through pregnancy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and postpartum and long term, right? And so when you learn the skill of what is it like to just support my body and to listen to it and to know and to understand what's happening, then your investment in a program is tenfold. Like, it literally gives you your health back. Whereas if I just said, okay, here's a meal plan for you to follow and here are the supplements for you to take, that's great. But you haven't learned anything in the process to be able to carry through for, like, a lifelong way of support. And even more important than that, we really care about generational impact here Mm -hmm. too. And so I want you to be able to tell your daughter, hey, this is why you're feeling like this this time of the month, and that's okay. This is what you can do about it. Um, and so I think that's just a really important thing that I don't think a lot of people, I know even for me in my own fertility journey, like I was so just laser focused on like, I don't care. I'll do whatever to get me pregnant type of thing. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I like to take that desire and understand it, but also merge it with like, Hey, not only are we going to help you with this, we're also going to make sure you learn and are taking something from this program you can pass on.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, what you're describing is lifestyle changes that can be very difficult for people to actually put into practice and adapt. They're easy steps, but um, anytime you're changing lifestyle, it's in some ways so much more tempting to say, just give me a shot and make my body do what I want it to do. Mm -hmm. What kind of encouragement would you give for people listening that are maybe feeling overwhelmed by, oh, I didn't realize that so much of this might be within my influence?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that the biggest thing is, number one, having someone who's right there to guide you, who's like, hey, I just did this. I know this is hard. I know what made it easier. Let me show you how, right? Um, And I mean, that's what, to take it full circle, that's what parenting is too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. All we're doing is just saying, yeah, I can see this. Over here, that you can't necessarily see, you're so focused on that baby that you might not be seeing what this shot is going to do, you know, long term, or what this is going to look like on the other side, or what the implications are. And even though someone can tell them to you, it's really different to have someone right there that's like, "Hey, actually, adjusted this. Let me tell you what's going to be a little better." Um, and then the other thing we, as I just think, is so important is focusing on sustainability. So I think what can feel overwhelming. A lot of times, and anytime we're thinking about growth in general, so you want to grow in your ability to support your body, you want to grow in your skills, and you want to change something about your lifestyle, you have to understand the why and the how. And so I think that's what's really helpful, too, is that sometimes we just think, like, okay, well, I'm going to changed this about my lifestyle because someone said it wasn't healthy, right? But when you can actually have a tangible way to connect that to how you feel day to day and you mm-hmm. can see those results, that's what moves the needle forward. I can motivate anybody to do anything. Anyone can, right? Like motivation doesn't create growth. Discipline creates growth. And mm-hmm. to have that mm-hmm. discipline, you it can't just be something like, oh, you need more willpower. You need more motivation. It's it's more so you you have to understand exactly what to do and why you're doing it. And that's why we try to keep it as simple as possible. We take things one step at a time. I don't ever have people make more than like one to two changes at a time. And that can be tempting too because we feel like, well, if I know I'm supposed to do all of this stuff, then I'll get there faster if I do it all today or all this oh, month, yeah. right? Right. But that's not how it works either. <laughs> <And> so. <laughs> when you're truly working to build with that sustainability, when you're building anything, we're not going to build on a foundation of sand. We're really going to put those foundations in place. And I even have clients that I say like, Hey, we're not going to add anything to your plate this week until, you know, you feel really confident in how you're executing this and that it just becomes like a muscle, it's muscle memory. It's second. I mean, like literally you're just doing it without even thinking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think also kind of knowing that individual piece of it of, How do I, what does this look like for me, right? Because I think it can feel overwhelming when we read, oh, well, cutting carbs gets you pregnant, right? But then it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then when you try it, you're like, it just doesn't work. I get irritable or my cycles get longer or, you know, whatever may happen. And it's because you've taken something that isn't the next best step for you. And you've now like tried to make it fit you. And since it hasn't, there's like a cycle of like guilt and shame. And Mm -hmm. like, it's just me. I need to work harder. I need to be more disciplined. And that is not the case at all. It's just simply that that wasn't your best step. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that can be really helpful too. in thinking through like feeling that overwhelm is you might not need to be doing what everybody else is doing. And when you can release that, it can cause you to really direct the effort you do have into what's going to be most impactful for you and then kind of put those blinders up on it. and say, so "Like, great, right, this is the, the race I'm going to run today and I'm going to keep running it until I know I need to change.
0: That's awesome. Um, <laughs>
2: and so that can be really helpful too,
0: yeah. Well, Heather, we are almost out of time, but we want our listeners to be able to connect with you because this information is so valuable. Where can they find you?
2: So I am on Instagram most actively. That's at Dr. Heather Rhodes over on Instagram. And then you can also shoot us over and email or head to our website at drheatherroads.com.
0: And Father God, we just thank you for all this information for how you made our bodies. Lord, help us to be good stewards of the vessels that you've given us and to be able to learn and apply this wisdom. Amen. Amen.
1: Dr. Rhodes, thank you for being on. And um,
0: I want to have you back on again sometime. (laughs) Thanks so much, you guys. This was great. Well, thank you all so much for joining Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio.